Sadik, Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin, when he was a young child, before he even went to Cheder, he had a teacher who taught him Torah, and when he learned the Psukim, the passages in the Chumash, whenever he got to a verse in the Chumash, and his teacher taught him the verse, Rabbi Yisrael would ask the question that Rashi asked. He would ask Rashi's question. When it came to the verse in Genesis 28, 12, that says, that Jacob had a dream. There was a, a ladder, a stairway, that went up to the heavens, and the angels of God went up and went down. So he read this verse to Rabbi Yisrael and he asked his disciple, Nu, so what's the question? He says, I have no question. He says, you have no question? Of course there's a question. If angels come from heaven, then the Torah should have said the angels went down and then they went up. And this is the kasha, the question that Rashi asks. And Rashi goes on to explain that the angels that were escorting Jacob in Israel were not going back up. And the angels that were going to escort him outside of Israel came down. This is what Rashi says. But when his teacher asked him, no, what's the question? He says, I have no question. So what do you mean there's no question? Why are the angels first going up? They should be first coming down. Rabbi Yisrael said, Afacholim, on a dream, I have no questions. It's a dream. Wilder things have happened in dreams. If Yaakov Abinu would have been up, I would have had that question, said Rabbi Solovruzhin. 
But he was sleeping, he was dreaming. So anything can happen in a dream. But the question still remains a question. Why is it that the angels first went up and then they came down? Now, even if you want to say, like Rashi says, that the angels of Israel were going up and then the angels of the exile was coming down, how could they allow Yaakov for one moment without an angel? So really, it should have been happening simultaneously. As the angels were going up, other angels were coming down. Right. Yet the Torah doesn't say that. We assume that, we can't assume it. Yeah. So the answer that is given is as follows. When an angel comes in contact with a human being, when the angel comes in contact with a B'nai Yaakov, a child of Jacob, then the angel is always going up. It must go up to come in contact with a soul, with a neshama. A neshama, a soul, even of one who is sleeping, is higher and greater than the power and the life force of the angel. So we're going to be discussing now the archangels, but it's important to remember at all times that the soul of a person, the soul of a Jew, is higher than the souls of the angels. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, it alludes to the four archangels. It says over there in Ezekiel 1, Umitoycha dumus arba chayus. And I saw there an image of four different animals. These are their images. And there was the figure of the human being. And each one had four faces. What were the four faces? He goes on to explain that the faces were like this. Pnei Adam, the face of man. Pnei Aryeh, the face of the lion. Pnei Sher, the face of the ox. Pnei Nesher, and the face of the eagle. So, Basically, it was like a square. To the front was the face of the man. To the right was the face of the lion. To the left was the face of the ox. And to the back was the face of the eagle. And as it seems from Ezekiel, they're constantly moving around. They were switching. They were looking and changing their positions, because really, as we will soon see, even though all of these four angels have their own distinct roles, in many occasions they overlap. And therefore, the faces were moving around, implying that one could borrow a trait from the other as well. So let us begin to talk about the first angel. 
The first angel to the right is the face of the lion. The Ari, the right side in Kabbalah, right, represents chesed, kindness. Angel Mochel is the angel of kindness. He is the angel of water. He is known as the Sar Hagodel. He is known as the great minister or the big minister in heaven. Who stands and watches upon the children of Israel. And what does he do? Primarily, he speaks good about the Jewish people. And he always finds good merits on behalf of the Jewish people. He is like the official defendant of the people of Israel. He is also known as the Kohana Rabbah. He's known as the high priest in heaven. And his job is Levarich Bishmoi, his name to bless in the name of God. Just like Kohanim down here in this world do the priestly blessings, the job of Angel Mechel is to also provide the priestly blessings. As we mentioned earlier, that the soul of man is higher than the soul of angel. And therefore, even though angel Michael brings down all of these blessings upon the people of Israel, when the Jewish people are united, the blessings are even greater. There's another teaching of the Alter Rebbe. And he said, what if I bring it can accomplish? Even Angel Mechel cannot accomplish. And the Rebbe once explained, why do you have to blame Angel Mechel? If you want to talk about the greatness of Afabrengin, when Yidin, Jews, people get together in unity, why must you bring down Angel Mechel? Why do you have to blame him and say, our Afabrengin is greater than even the power of Angel Mechel? And the Rebbe explained that Mechel has the gematria of 101. 100 represents perfection. 101 represents infinity. Angel Mechel represents one who brings down brachis, blessings, that are beyond time and space, beyond nature. Yet, when we are united as one, and we care about each other, we do for each other, we help each other, and we fabrain with each other, we can accomplish even more than Malach Mochel, Angel Mochel. It's customary when you bring a child into Cheder, into school, the very first time you wrap him in a talus and you throw upon him candies. This was done by the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe. This was done by the Rebbe Rayats, the sixth Chabad Rebbe. And when they threw candies upon him, they said that these candies were from Malich Mochael, Angel Michael. And the Rebbe asked, how can you say it's Angel Mochael when we're throwing the candies ourselves? And the Rebbe explained that in truth we are agents of Malach Mochel. 
and we are giving the child sweetness and showing him how sweet the Torah is and giving him additional strength and inspiration as a catapult to start now to learn Torah and to begin to get immersed into the words of Torah. So Angel Machal is there, he's always showering us with candies, with blessings and with sweetness. The, the Friedrich Rebbe once explained in the name of the Alter Rebbe that when a father sees his children getting along, this brings about tremendous tainug, tremendous pleasure to the father. And the same is true when God sees his children getting along together, this brings about greater blessings than even Angel Machal. So in the book of Daniel, Angel Machal is mentioned. In chapter 12, he is called over there Hasara Godel, the big minister, the giant minister. And he's also mentioned in chapter 10 as your minister. Why do we need a minister? Why can't God give us blessings directly? And the answer is that God is infinite. His blessings are infinite, very powerful. And therefore, if God would give us his blessings directly without the angels, it would be too overwhelming, too much love, too much kindness, too much wealth, too much goodness. We couldn't handle it. It would be too much for us, too overwhelming. So he gives it to Angel Machoel to dilute it a little bit, to water it down. As we said earlier that... Angel Mechoel is also known as the angel of water. And, and therefore, he brings down all of these blessings from above to below, especially in the time of Golos, especially in the time of exile, when the, the Jews are in the diaspora, and therefore the light <laughs> is diminished. It needs to go and be processed through angels. And in Golos, particularly, we need Angel Mochel to also be our advocate and to stand before God and to, and to provide merits for the Jewish people. So this is basically Angel Mochel, the angel of water, and the minister of water, and more importantly, the big minister, the Saragod. The Baal Shem Tov said that even Angel Mechoel, who is known as the great minister of all the angels, is, is willing to forego all of his missions, all of his comprehension and godliness, for one tzitzis, for one tzitzis that a person wears on his talus. What does that mean? So the Rebbe explained like this, that the four corners of the tzitzis represent the four corners or the four sides of the markava of this chariot. Each angel represents one side. 
Mukhal is the right side. Right is kindness representing water, which goes from above to below. Even though he is in God's chariot, yet he is willing to forego everything to be able to come down here and do one mitzvah. And even to be a quarter of a mitzvah, one corner of the tzitzis. And do a mitzvah down here. In other words, we have to realize that Angel Mechoel, together with all the other angels, are very jealous of us. And they are envious of us, that we have the opportunity to do mitzvahs. That we could do Torah, study Torah, and perform mitzvahs and daven every day. They can't do that. <coughs> when we study Torah, and when we perform a mitzvah, we jump. We have a quantum leap. Angels have no knees, and they can't even walk. They do become elevated a little bit within their own realm, but they don't have the ability like humans and like souls to be able to make quantum leaps. And therefore they are envious of us. And therefore even Angel Mechel, which is called the Sarah Godel, the great minister, is willing to give up everything just to become one of us. And that should inspire us and encourage us to do more Torah and Mitzvahs. From Angel Mechel, we go to Angel Gavriel. Angel Gavriel is on the left side. He is the face of the ox. Gavriel is kindness. He is water. And Gavriel, which means Gavura, strength, is the angel of fire and judgment. And this is the meaning of a famous statement that we say every day in davening. Ose shalom bimromav, hu yase shalom aleinu, v'akol Yisrael v'yimru he who makes peace on high should also bring peace upon us. What is this referring to? Our sages tell us this is referring to Angel Mechoel and Angel Gabriel. These two angels are constantly fighting with each other. Angel Mechoel is water and Angel Gabriel is fire. You ever try to put these two things together, fire and water, it doesn't work. It extinguishes each other, it doesn't mix. Yet, when they stand before God, the king of all kings, they become like little sheep. They become totally nullified to God's will, and they be able to become united. So we ask God, there's nothing which is more opposite, polar opposite, and mutually exclusive than Mechel and Gavriel. Yet you could bring peace between these two angels. So surely you could bring peace between us humans. We ask God for that peace, that shalom, to unite us as one. Now, it's a very powerful medrash that goes like this. When God said, let us make man, 
the angels said before God, why should you make man? Who is man that you even think about him? Why should you even bring him up into your mind? And this was the group of the class of Mechoel. When God heard this, he immediately burned them all alive. He left over one angel, and that was Angel Mochel himself. All the other angels, he destroyed. Then Gabriel turned to God and said, God, why do we need all these people for? Why do we need men for? Why do we need humans for? And God said, what? Boom. And he destroyed all of the angels from the class of Gavriel, and only one angel, Gavriel, remained. He then turned to a third group. This was the group of Biel, which means in me is God, Biel. And Biel said, God, who could tell you what to do? Whatever you want to do, do. Ah, God said, you you I like. You I like. I'm going to change your name to Raphael. Because you healed what your friends destroyed. And then he put into his hand all the secrets of healing in this world. So this is Angel Raphael. And we know that when Abraham was sick, after his circumcision, he was healing. Angel Raphael came to Avram on the third day to heal him. And then he went down to Sodom and Gomorrah and to save Lot and his family from the terrible destruction that was about to take place. So Raphael is the angel for healing. Not only is he the angel for healing, but these four angels represent four different directions. As we said earlier, Mikhail is the right side, which is the south. Gabriel is the left, which is the north. And then you have now Uriel and Raphael. Raphael is from the west. And that is David. And then you have the east, you have Uriel. Which also represents the three fathers. So Avraham is the right, Avraham is kindness, that's Mikhail. Yitzchak is the left, Gabriel. Yaakov is east, which is Uriel. And David is the fourth wheel of the chariot, which is Angel Raphael, which is associated with the face of Angel Raphael. Now, we spoke about Mikhail, we spoke about Gabriel, we spoke about Raphael. Now to speak about Uriel. 
Uriel, why is he called Uriel? One of the reasons why he's called Uriel is because of the Torah, which is called light. My light. Uriel is Ori, my light. And that is because of the, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings that God uses to forgive and to bring light to the world. As it says, Kumi Oidi Kiva Oidich. Arise, my light, because the light has come. The light is the Torah. The Torah is the light of the world. According to many Kabbalists, Uriel was the one that came into the hotel when Moses was on the way down to Egypt and he had not circumcised yet his son, so it says that Uriel turned into a snake and swallowed up Moshe Rabbeinu until his wife, Yecheved, realized what happened, that they did not circumcise yet their son. And then she circumcised the son, the snake spit him out. This was Uriel. The face of Uriel is the face of the Nesher, the face of the eagle. He is called the Sar Shalom. He is called the Minister of Peace. When two people are arguing, he comes down to make peace. That's why he is in the center. Mukhal is to the right, Gavriel is to the left. Uriel is the Sar Shalom, the Minister of Peace. He is in the middle. He makes peace between the right and the left. <laughs> Uriel is also the lion that comes down to the Mizbeach, that comes down on the altar and eats up the sacrifices. This is Uriel. He comes down onto the altar, onto the Mizbeach, and eats up the sacrifices. We spoke about Raphael earlier, but to mention that Raphael, the angel of healing, is also the face of Adam, the face of the man. Ah. And these four angels allude to the four different elements. Mechal, we said, is water. Gavriel is fire. Uriel is ear. And Raphael is earth. <clears throat> Raphael is the West, which is also the face of man. So we have the four different angels of the Makavra. We now move on to the fifth archangel, which is called Matat. And... We don't say his name completely. He is known as Metetron. 
but we're going to call him Matar in short because we're not supposed to say his name. Now, Matat is greater than the, the other four angels. He is called the Sar HaPanim. He is called the Minister of Internal Affairs. And in truth, he has another name, which is called Sar Shel Olam. He is the Minister of the entire world. He is called the Minister of Internal Affairs because of the fact that he teaches Torah. Many secrets of the Torah were revealed through Angel Matat. He is also the Memuna al Hanishamba, which means he is the manager or the minister over the souls. Every day, it's up to him to decide how much energy and blessing each soul is going to receive. And when the soul dies, when Mashiach will come, he will be the one to come along and revive all of the Nishamos, all of the souls through Tchias HaMesim. What is his main job? His main job is to be Tefim and His main job is to sow sandals. What does that mean? We spoke about this last class, and that is by sowing, what he's doing is really sowing crowns onto the letters of the Jewish people. When we pray, our words are heavy and thick, and Malach Matat cleans it up and elevates it. Now, in truth, Malach Matat, being the ministering angel of internal affairs and the, the uh, minister of the world, has many other angels working for him. And we say every day in Davening, There are two types of angels. There are the angels that God creates every single day. And then there are the angels that worked for God from the beginning of creation. Why must he recreate angels every day? This goes back to the story we said earlier in the Medrash. When God wanted to create man, the angels complained. So because they complained, they became destroyed. And God recreates them every day. After praying to God, angels do pray, after getting our permission, they pray. And when they pray, they get so excited, they're so passionate, that they, through ecstasy, they leave their bodies and they become totally, totally self-destruct. Every day he recreates these angels. These angels help Malach Matat. But after they stop praying, boof, they disappear again. So this is Malach Matat's role, primarily to, to elevate and to sow crowns on the letters and words of prayer and Torah. And this is similar to the spiritual unifications that we accomplish by wearing tefillin every day. Now, who is this Malach Matat? Let's get some history on him.
In the Torah, we speak about a person by the name of Chanoich. It says that God took Chanoich. Why did he take Chanoich? Chanoich was very young compared to the people of his generation. He took him because he wanted him. Chanoich was a great teacher and he taught thousands of people in his generation before the terrible flood came to the world. And in the Tehillim we say the verse, Nad Hayisi, Gamza Kanti, I was young, I was also old. Many people say this verse at the end of the Birkat and at the end of Benching. The uh, Chabad custom is not to say it. And the reason is, as Arizal explains, is because Malach Matat said it. That's his verse, not our verse. Gam Zakanti, I was young and I was also old. I was young when I was taken away from the world. But I'm also old. Why? Because Malach Matat has two responsibilities. On one hand, he's young, which means he diminishes and dilutes God's blessings in the world, that it shouldn't be too overwhelming and too overpowering, similar to Malach Mokhoel. He is also the angel for the six days of the week. He is also the angel throughout exile. And in addition to angel Mokhoel, he too is Melitz Toiv Abanei Yisrael, which means he too finds good things, good excuses, and he speaks very, very favorably on behalf of the Jewish people. He is our defendant before God. But then on Shabbos, he becomes elevated. He goes to a much higher world. On Shabbos, he becomes Zakanti, he becomes old. He becomes old. Young represents youthful and somewhat immature. Old represents smarter and, and more powerful. So on Shabbos, he becomes more powerful. On Shabbos, he becomes older. Now, the idea of him putting crowns on the letters of the Jewish people is to create a rotzain, to create a desire for God. Because we know in Kabbalah that um, the idea of keser, the idea of crown, represents will. Crown is above the head. It represents divine will. So by creating these crowns on the letters, what he is doing is he is creating God's divine will for the Jewish people. Furthermore, he's called Nar, he's called Yonk. It's like a little cute child. When God gets angry, he looks at Malach Matat, he says, oh, you're so cute. And his anger subsides. The Talmud tells us in the tractate of Avedizara, it's also brought down in the, in the uh, Medrash. Every day, Angel Matat gathers together the souls of young children and he brings them beneath the Kisei Akovo between the heavenly throne. He divides these souls into classes and groups all around him. He teaches them the Torah, wisdom, and homiletics. And he completes with them the entire Torah. 
This is the job of Angel Matat to teach the little children in heaven the Torah. So this is primarily the story of these angels, Mikhail, Gabriel, Uriel, Rafael, Matat. These are angels that have been from the beginning of time. These are the archangels. They are the supreme angels. They are supreme in their position, they are ministers, and also they are arch and supreme in the fact that they are constant. They are not destroyed, and they don't self-destroy themselves like the other angels. Now... There was a famous wedding in Jlubim. This was a wedding that took place between the grandchild of the Alter Rebbe and the grandchild of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak They got married to each other. And therefore they made the wedding in Jlubim, which was between Barditchev and Liadi. And that is the way they uh, planned the wedding. Many stories of miracles took place at that time. A women came and they lined up for blessings before Rabbi Levi Yitzchak And he put his hand on their head and he blessed them. The Chassidim of the Alter Rebbe was not used to seeing such a thing that a rabbi should put his hand on the head of a woman. And they turned to the Alter Rebbe and said... What's going on over here? How is he doing this? Talter Rebbe responded, I will first say it in Yiddish, and then I will translate into the English. He said, Was malich mochoel is oibin, is er unten. Which means, what malich mochoel is above, he is below. Malach mochoel is an angel, but there are people down here who are also angels. I believe Yisachar was one of those angels that brought blessing and protection and all of God's salvations to people. But he was like an angel. He had no desires for any physical pleasure. And therefore he was able to put his hand upon the woman's head. Another story. Once a young man came to Rabbi Levi Yitzchak and he told Rabbi Levi Yitzchak that he sinned. He committed a terrible sin. He had relations with a woman out of wedlock. Rabbi Levi said, no, it's not so terrible. She's not married. I will give you a tikkun. I will give you a path to tshuva, a path to rectifying your sin. The man continued to talk 
And he said, by the way, you should know, she went to mikvah beforehand. She prepared herself for seven days to go to mikvah. Her lady said, what? You mean you waited seven days to do the sin? You contemplated the sin for seven days? I can't help you. There is no ticket in the whole wide world for you. That's terrible. Being at Jalabin, you had the Alter Rebbe also. So this fellow went to the Alter Rebbe. The first rabbi can't help me. Maybe the other rabbi can help me. He came to the Alter Rebbe. He told him the same problem. The Alter Rebbe gave him a tickle and he gave him a path for rectification. After this chassid received the path of tikkun, the path of rectification from the Alter Rebbe, he revealed the secret and said to the Alter Rebbe, you know, I already went to Rabbi Levi, and he said, there is no tikkun for me, and yet you are able to give me a tikkun, a rectification. The Alter Rebbe said like this, He says like this, My mechutin zaks to anaveda, to my mechutin, my relative through marriage. You're talking about sin? You're telling him about a sin that you did? Malach mechal is epis shayich to aveda? Does malach mechal have any connection whatsoever to sin? No, it's totally beyond him. In other words, Malach Machal is in a different world. He's an angel. He cannot relate to humans sinning. So he cannot find a tikkun of how to fix you for it. The same smart guy went back to Rabbi Levi. He said, I went to the Alter Rebbe and I told him about my sin. And the Alter Rebbe gave me a tikkun. He gave me a, an approach of how I could fix myself. Rabbi Levi said, "My mechutin can alts fatrogin, and ich kenit fatrogin." My mechutin through marriage, the Alter Rebbe, he has broad shoulders. He can carry anything on his shoulders. I don't have such broad shoulders. I can't carry all these things on my shoulders. So what is the message of angels? The angels are here to protect us, to watch over us, to bless us, to be our advocates before Almighty God, even to elevate our prayers before the King of all kings. At the same time, we have to realize they are jealous of us. They are envious of us, that we are humans, that we have souls and bodies, and that we can perform mitzvahs every day. So if they're envious of us, we should use out the time right, and we should perform mitzvahs every opportunity that we have. And furthermore, those who are truly refined, and those who are truly connected to God, 
can serve as an angel, can serve as a messenger to bring healing to the world, blessings to the world, and through unity, we can accomplish even more than all the angels. We hope and pray that Eliyahu Novi will come very soon and tell us that Mashiach is here, Amal Matat will return all the souls to the bodies with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Okay. Okay, you said that Uriel eats the sacrifice. He's the he's the he's the lion. Uriel is the lion, yeah. He's the lion of the sacrifices. But I said earlier that a lot of these things overlap. So even though Uriel is primarily the face of the eagle of the eagle, the Makava, he also is the lion on the Mizbeach. I didn't say he's the lion of the Makava. He's the lion of the altar. Not the lion of the chariot. But isn't he bringing together like the left and the right? So then he's, yes. he's the balanced one. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yeah. He brings the balance. And that's why he's Torah. Torah is about unity. Torah was given on the third day. In other words, the third millennium. Which is peace. Torah, it was given to bring peace to the whole world. That's why it's called the, the Minister of Peace. Stanley mm-hmm. Kilber. Any other questions? Yes, Ronit. Um, I always thought that uh, Elijah was like an, an angel. He's not. Elijah is also considered to be an angel. Yes. Elijah? But he has also the advantage of being a man. So he has a double, a double role. He, be, he was an angel that became a man that became an angel. But he has certain qualities of a man over an angel, and therefore Elijah is unique. He does not go into the categories of the archangels. Yeah. Any other questions? Okay. Have a great night, everybody. Blessing and success. Mashiach now.